Thanks for downloading the TCT Podcast. For all the latest news on the 3D printing and additive manufacturing industry, visit tctmagazine.com. Welcome to the TCT Podcast, recorded at the 2015 International CES in Las Vegas. I'm your host, Laura Griffiths. TCT sponsored 3D printing marketplace was over twice the size in 2014, and before days was home to over 40 of 3D printing's most exciting companies. We headed out onto the show floor to find out what's new. next to TCT was Formlabs. Showing off their new Formon Plus high-resolution 3D printer, they had a lot to shout about in the form of new resins. We spoke to Will Walker at Formlabs to find out more. We're showing uh, a lot of awesome parts and many things from professional users. So one thing is that the Form 1 Plus is really capable of getting great detail and a smooth surface finish. And we've got this awesome part here from a company called Mold 3D. It's actually Benedict Cumberbatch, it's Sherlock. And what, this came right out of the machine. And you can see the fine detail in his hair, his ears, even in the collar of his coat. So in terms of getting great detail, that's one of the key things that at Formlabs, uh, having a, a stereolithography machine, you can get that fine detail and that nice smooth surface finish right out of the machine. Another thing that we're really excited about and we're launching at CES is our new draft mode. And our draft mode is actually 200 micron uh, layer height on the z-axis. And so what that means is now you're getting your parts twice as fast. And this is free to all our users who uh, have our Form 1 Plus already. There is some tough competition for both stereolithography and filament-based systems in terms of speed, cost and accuracy. Whilst filament-based 3D printing might appear to be the most dominant in the desktop world, Will reckons the tables might be about to turn. Most people think about the difference between stereolithography, which is a resin-based system, versus filament-based systems. Um, they think that the filament-based system is much faster, and the reality is now we've turned that around. So this is a part, and it was actually uh, designed on a FDM machine, it was printed on an FDM machine. This part prints in about an hour and 45 minutes, and when you see the same part, this is the same layer resolution side by side, it's actually much smoother on our machine, and it was printed in just 44 minutes. So an hour and 45 minutes, 44 minutes. We have a new support style and so we're showing that off and so the new supports are actually based on a tree-like structure or truss-like structure and one of the cool things about those new supports is that you actually use up to 60% less resin. So again, faster prints uh, and less material use so the cost per part is actually much lower than it used to be. The third thing that we're showing off is our flexible material. So flexible uh, allows you to uh, do parts that would uh, be testing for silicone or overmolded grips or any part where you need a little bit of give. And you can actually see I'm flexing this part really smoothly right here. And so the last thing that we've got uh, along with our flexible resin is another functional resin. So we've been launching all these functional resins for our users. And this is our castable material. 
And our castable material is actually designed for jewelers, for anybody who needs to make their parts in metal. And so what they can actually do with this material is cast a mold around it or send it to a casting house and for a small fee actually get their parts made into metals. One of our engineers at Form Labs was looking at the flexible resin and was actually thinking, what can I do with that? And so he actually designed a fully functioning speaker where every part of the cone and the driver are actually uh, made on our machine. So uh, we've actually offered these files for a free download to all our users so they can actually print out their own speakers. And they come with uh, their own, uh, all they have to do is insert a disc magnet, add a little bit of copper wire, and they actually have functional speakers. MakerBot are synonymous with launches at CES, but this year they opted for a more professional and fastidious approach. We spoke to Director of PR Jennifer Howard about 3D printing on a MakerBot in bronze, wood and iron. This is actually MakerBot's sixth year at CES, and we're here at CES 2015, and we're actually showing the MakerBot 3D ecosystem. So 3D printing isn't just about the printer anymore, it's about what you can do with it. So we actually have booth partners. We have GE First Build that are showing off real-time prototyping with their MakerBots. They're making uh, accessories for the new smart refrigerator. We have Martha Stewart who is transforming the design process and her designers are in our booth showing how they use MakerBots to design everyday items and prototype and actually have finished products for people to 3D print. And then we have a school in our booth, Whitby School, and they're showing how kids are using 3D printing and how it's being used in the education setting. Another very exciting area for us is our announcements of what we made at CES 2015. And for MakerBot, we announced new MakerBot composite PLA filaments. Uh, we have four different filaments that we announced. We announced bronze, iron, maple, and limestone. Uh, we also have professional services, and then we have partnerships with software companies like The Foundry. So we have a lot going on this year. Some of the new items that we've made with the new MakerBot PLA composite filaments, this is bronze. Jenny showed me some impressive examples, including a chalice printed in bronze and a hammer that used both wood and iron. It's actually been um, it's a chalice that was made with our free app MakerBot Print Shop with a little swipe of a finger, and it was 3D printed. And you can see there are a couple little areas that are actually naturally patining. Um, it's getting a little green tinge to it. Those were just hit with a little wire brush. We have uh, maple and iron. So this, you can see the wood grain on it. You can actually sand the maple, you can stain it. The iron head has the heft and feel of actual real iron. The iron's actually magnetizable, so really fun. And these are coming out later this year. We've really uh, created our MakerBot Replicator 3D printer line with thinking about the future. So we, we don't want our customers to have to change their printer every couple months. So we've actually created it with a MakerBot Replicator 3D printer platform that includes the MakerBot Replicator Smart Extruder. So now we're really starting to see the potential of the Smart Extruder because we're going to be creating new MakerBot Replicator Smart Extruders with the new material. So when you want to print in bronze, you just snap out your smart extruder and put a new one in and you're ready to go. Uh, it has a camera, it has Wi-Fi, it has networking capabilities. We're coming out with full remote 
monitoring and 3D printing capabilities on your smartphone this year. So you can be here in Las Vegas, you can go on your phone and you can actually start your printer in London. So this last year, we had a lot of announcements. Uh, at CES 2014, we announced three new 3D printers. We announced five software applications, and then we also announced partnerships. So 2014 was about creating licensed content. So we did that with Sesame Street, Martha Stewart, Ugly Doll, Hello Kitty. And the goal of that was really to make 3D printing easy and accessible. So these are designs, that you don't have to have any 3D printing or design experience. You can just download it and 3D print it. 2015 for MakerBot is really about showcasing what you can do with a MakerBot. It's about building our ecosystem, making 3D printing easy and accessible for more people, giving them tools so they have a, a dedicated support team there to help them if they have an issue. We have learning programs, we have design services, we have apps and partnerships and licensed content. So it brings all of the components that touch 3D printing together. One of the more interesting stories came from startup Voxelate. Voxelate came out of Professor Jennifer Lewis's Harvard lab and an advisory board includes former Z Corp CEO John Koala. We spoke to co-founders Daniel Oliver and Michael Bell. So we're launching our first product, the Voxelate Developers Kit. It's the world's first 3D electronics printer and allow designers and engineers to rapidly create circuits and 3D electronic devices on their desk. So the Voxelite Developers Kit printer uses decades of research from the Lewis Research Group at Harvard University. We have functional materials like conductive silver rings and other matrix materials. The first materials we're launching with are PLA and our conductive silver ink, allowing you to print quadcopters and other electromechanical devices. We really think it's going to be very well received. We've already had quite a bit of press and buzz about it. People really seeing the need to get past the typical 3D printing materials and really getting to print functional objects. Um, so instead of just printing sculptures and things like that, printing things with embedded electronics that actually have more functionality than just shapes. We think people will be able to rapidly create circuits on their desks, um, cutting prototyping time um, drastically. But what we're really excited about is them starting to incorporate electronics more seamlessly into the objects they're already creating. So Michael talked about printing a quadcopter. Um, think about having a quadcopter with no wiring harnesses, um, making it simpler, more integrated, and frankly just a cooler design, giving you more freedom. We're first focused on launching our first developer's kit printer, and we've designed it in a way that we can update the materials after we launch the machine. So they're removable cartridges, allowing you to swap out the conductive materials and the matrix materials with a broad array of materials that we've been developing, which I can't talk about, but they're exciting. 3D printing has really lacked uh, materials, like novel materials, and that's what our research group at Harvard really focused in. So Voxelate has incorporated all of those materials into a novel platform, a new type of printing technology that we call DirectWrite. This is air pneumatic dispensive room temperature inks, um, and it's, I think it's really uh, on the cutting edge. Since we're using a multi-material platform and focusing on electronics, we really see a number of different groups being able to use this. Definitely designers. Um, this is opening up new design paradigms for them. But also electrical engineers. They've kind of been stuck with similar design tools for so long, we think they'll really, really enjoy using a 3D printer and um, working with that. But we also think that you know, tinkerers and makers will also find this really, really interesting to be able to make really, really cool designs on it as well. 
another intriguing multi-material 3D printing company, Amark Forged. They launched a new cloud-based software at CES and we spoke to CEO Greg Mark about 3D printing with carbon fibre, fiberglass and Kevlar. So at CES this year we're showing our new cloud software and what it does essentially is it lets you, you know, there's nothing to install, nothing to download, any device that runs Google Chrome will run the software. So it's great because it lets us automatically push updates, it lets us have the latest, fastest software always available for the user, uh, and it stores all your STL files. So if you work in a group and you upload a file, everybody else in the group has access to that file. All right? So then when you hit print and it beams up to Amazon and comes back down to your printer, you can do that, somebody else in your group can do that. We also have this new uh, versioning and forking. So let's say you made a wrench, and I've made this one and I want it to be really lightweight. Right, so I've got 10 layers of Kevlar on top and 10 layers of Kevlar on the bottom, but then you want to make one that's like stupidly strong, right? because it has a higher strength application or you want to test it for some different way. You can take the exact STL file, make a fork it, make a version of it, completely fill it with Kevlar. Mine still stays there. Yours has your name on it. We can print each other's. It's just like, and it stays through all of history. Another key thing that we're showing off, this is also, this is our automatic fiber routing. So this is, you don't have to design this. So when you, when, you make your ST, when you make your CAD model, you turn it into an STL, and then you import it. If you hit fill this with fiber, it automatically fills it with fiber. So if you're an aerospace company, and you want to go in there and play with the fiber, you can. But if you're like the rest of us, and you just want a really strong part that you didn't have to mess with, you can automatically click it and print. Orthotics are big business in the 3D printing world. The technology allows for complete customization, and Greg explains how Mark Forged are taking this a step further with their multi-material 3D printer. A few of the things that we're showing off at CES are these custom-built orthotics. So there's two new things in this orthotic. One is, you know, we have this multi-material printer that lets you go from pure plastic, which is very flexible, like in the front section where we want flexibility, and then you can add fiber to the mid and back sections where you want stiffness. We're also debuting these embedded sensors. So the new software has this uh, a pause functionality. So you can, at a given layer, after you've printed kind of the cavity that the sensor will fall into, uh, you can click pause, and when the printer gets up to that layer, it'll shoot you an email and say, hey, come put the sensor in. You can actually take the bed out, put the sensor in, put in new wires, anything you want. When you click the bed back in, it's got 10 micron repeatability, so it goes back to the exact same place. So this, this like uh, first year is about iteration with customers to get feedback and kind of add in the features that make their lives better. Ultimaker launched two new machines at this year's show, the oh-so-cute Ultimaker 2Go and huge Ultimaker 2 Extended. TCT got the scoop from CEO Sierra Tavinia about the new products. So here uh, today at CES we are showing uh, our new two products, um, which is a smaller version of the Ultimaker 2 that we uh, have already, and also uh, a bigger version. The smaller version is the, the Ultimaker 2 Go. It's, it's cheaper, it's smaller, uh, and the beauty of it is that it's also for uh, taking it with you. So we designed the casing around it, so if you uh, take it with you, you can use the casing to carry it. We also introduced is our uh, bigger version, which is the, the Ultimaker 2 Extended, which is a taller version of the Ultimaker 2, so people can print bigger. We listened well to our community, and a lot of people were asking, could you please uh, make something cheaper, more affordable? Uh, and also, a lot of people were asking, I want to print something bigger. It's, this, this is just not big enough. So we, we really tried to listen to them and answer their questions by introducing these new two uh, products. They use it for uh, making props for movies, or they make it for spare parts in their homes. 
uh, or for jewelry, uh, or just for uh, toys for the kids. They, they use it for all kinds of purposes. So I think we are uh, moving rapidly out of the stone age of 3D printing into the uh, iron age, as I call it right now. But what is going to happen is that we are printing things right now, and it, it will rapidly move on to printing products, which you actually can use, which is um, more materials, more uh, functionality, and that is what is really going to happen in the next one, two years. Our focus for 2015 is uh, roll out our new two products. They will start uh, shipping in, uh, in April. And basically what we want to do is focus on the products that we have and make them go into the market quite well. And the, the users and the buyers of them have great experiences. And on the background, we are working on new stuff, of course, because after this year, there will be a next year and we will make new stuff again. We always want to keep moving forward. And we are really working greatly together with our community to uh, see what they want to do with it because uh, they are the users and they define how I should define my printer. Uh, so I'm really listening to them and what to do with it. Uh, and that's what we're trying to incorporate in our company strategy to give our community a real big stage. And talking of big 3D printing, 3DP Unlimited's John Good gave us a lowdown on why consumers are now moving to super-sized 3D printing. This year at CES, we are showing big. Customers who've started in the desktop space are trying to be do bigger, larger things, and that's what 3DP Unlimited is all about. We have a print area that's one meter by one meter by half meter, so things that were not possible with the small print area of the desktop are doable, affordably. We're finding that people out of the graphic industry, whether it's art, architecture, furniture, are really embracing this technology. And then finally, uh, with the whole wearables and personalization. Now, some of the exciting things that have happened when developments, uh, dual extruder technology, plus embracing some of the wonderful materials that are out there, whether it be bronze filled, wood filled, graphite filled, flexible, it's wonderful, it's opening up all kinds of possibilities. The type of applications where people want this supersized printer would be in prototyping, automotive parts, gas engines, uh, and then in the graphic space, full costume design and that type of thing. Furniture. There's some exciting things happening in the world of clearly uh, additional uh, processes. Today people are doing uh, additive manufacturing, but there's a lot of subtractive manufacturing that would really complement large machines. So keep your eye open for that. In terms of what people are asking for that doesn't exist today, it probably falls into a couple areas. They would love to have more capable water-soluble uh, materials to go ahead and make uh, support easier. Uh, they are asking for, quite honestly, more speed. With a large format printer, we have prints that can take as long as 400 hours. People would love to cut that time in half and then in a quarter. So speed and uh, higher throughput. Uh, in terms of how the consumer space is changing, uh, quite honestly, I think the consumers are becoming more sophisticated. They are, they are learning what's important in terms of the operating costs for machines, flexibility so that the machine will show value over its life. Uh, so we just have a, a more sophisticated clientele. Innovation Awards at CES are much sought after, and winner in the 3D printing category this year was not in fact the 3D printer, but none other than Fuel3D's Scanify handheld high-def 3D scanner. We spoke to Head of Sales and Business Development, Andrew Smith. Fuel3D are here at CES this week to uh, launch Scanify, which is our 3D scanning system. 
It was developed uh, on Kickstarter back in 2013. We then spent 2014 making the product, making the software. Uh, we started shipping the product last week, so we're just here to show everybody the product, what we have. The, the great thing about the Scanify system is its uniqueness as a scanning capture system. Basically a pair of stereo, pre-calibrated stereo cameras combined with uh, photometric data which is provided by three Xenon flashes. The capture speed of the system is 0.1 of a second, so it allows us to capture objects which most other scanning systems wouldn't be able to capture. We're really trying to kind of make that uh, ability for somebody to capture 3D data very easily and then take that file easily through the process to have it ready to print on any of the 3D printers. 3D printing and software go hand in hand, but admittedly CAD design isn't for everyone. What Fuel3D intended to do was give users the option to create their own files for 3D printing by simply taking an image. Probably the main thing and the main reason we've had so many kind of pre-orders for the product is that people have 3D printers or they're really interested in the 3D market. The biggest issue for a lot of them is that they don't have any CAD design skills. They're not knowledgeable about things like SolidWorks. They can't use these packages purely because they're fairly technical. Um, so Fuel3D launched the product based on the fact that if you can take an image of something, you can create your own content for 3D printers. Because the system is so small, because it's lightweight and portable, it is available to uh, any of our customers to just take out with them, put it in their bag, um, go out and then scan things that are just around them. CES actually awarded us the best in innovation um, in the category of additive manufacturing. So basically the whole area that we're, here, that we're in here with 3D printers, 3D sculpting software um, and other 3D scanners, uh, they looked at all those products and awarded us the best in category. So it was another reason for us to be here. Um, it's drawn a lot of attention, it's brought a lot of media to come and see us. That's definitely been a, a very positive uh, step for us. But really the kind of focus for the company at the moment is um, delivering scanners out to all our pre-order customers, updating software, um, a very, very busy time for us. CES was the first chance to see Autodesk Spark platform on their Ember Stereolithography 3D printer. Just as the world was getting used to the concept of 3D printing, Jesse Harrington Art, Maker King at Autodesk, gave us a lowdown on what they're calling 5D printing. So Autodesk is here at CES for the first time ever, um, and we're here kind of up-leveling the 3D printing game. So we're showing um, a lot of great examples of what com new computer-aided design can do. So for the past 30 years, we've always had design programs where you had to draw out things and sketch them, and there was a lot of work on the designer. And now we're actually having the computer aid you in that. So you can see things um, that are extremely complex objects that we're not able to design before additive manufacturing, but now that we have it, um, we can make all these crazy things like a titanium printed bike. Um, there's a circuit printer that's creating electronic circuits, and we have a dress from nervous systems that's all folded into a ball like this and then comes out of the printer and stretches out. Sometimes I call it, uh, you know, like 5D printing. It's really, it's kind of at that next scale. We've been so inundated and welcomed with all these nice, cool kind of plastic objects, but what's the real use case, you know? And for us, it's beyond prototyping. It's the ability to really take on design in a new way that's organic. Um, 
and that you can create shapes that are actually better for what you're using because they can be lighter weight. You know, they can take up less size, um, but they can still be as strong. Last year, we heard a lot about Autodesk's much-anticipated Spark platform. With the promise of hitting 3D printing on all three levels, software, hardware, and materials, and names like HP, Ultimaker, and 3D Hubs getting on board, Jesse gave us a lowdown on why there's such a buzz around this new platform. Spark is this amazing open platform for innovation for any 3D printing company. Um, whether you have a machine or you make software, it's always hard to make that connection. So you're either really good at making software, you're really good at making machines, and sometimes it's hard to do both. So Spark sits right in between and connects those things for these companies so they can build on top of it and make sure that they have a connected solution. I mean, the more people that get involved in the industry, the better for us, because that means the more people that are modeling, right? We really, the hope is that material science continues to grow, that cost continues to drive down. We really would like everyone to become a designer. You know, we want to take it from everybody can do 2D design to everybody can do 3D design and think in that space. So that's why you see products too, like Tinkercad, just taking off like a rocket ship. So some of the early adapters to the program um, are really excited to work with, like HP, um, Local Motors. These are some of the innovators in the space, you know, the people that really want to dive in, make sure they're doing the right thing, but they don't have the history, you know, and we have the history, so it's a perfect relationship. And we're really excited to see, especially Local Motors, um, who knows what those guys are going to come out with next. It kind of solidifies every, all the hype, right? I mean, for years, there's so many, been so many small companies getting involved with it, but HP really locks it down and makes this whole 3D printing thing legitimate. We really, um, our stand is probably way beyond the cutting edge. Uh, it's a little before its time, I think. Uh, as you walk around it, we have a 3D printed titanium bicycle uh, made by a great group of people called Industry from Oregon. Uh, we also have a great dress from Nervous Systems and a Nuke Vipshet um, and other examples of kind of like that high-end uh, titanium printing and complex. Ember is actually the first printer ever to use the Spark platform, and that's what's really important about Ember. Ember is a printer for people that want to build printers. Um, it, you know, it's totally open source, so you can go into it, um, we give you the files, you can take it apart, but you can also do material science on it. I mean, you can hack it, you can do other things to it to make it great. But on the side, it's also a really good printer. Uh, you can go into our booth and look through a microscope and actually see the resolution of these prints, and they are absolutely astounding. Kind of really overshot that one. It's going to be a huge year for us. Um, so we have the Spark platform that's going to just continue to develop. I mean, you'll see a lot of innovations around that area. Um, as I was talking about that technology, bringing software in that makes things more complex, um, what you're going to see is that start to be integrated in some of our other software so that when you're going to 3D print, uh, you can now, you don't have to be like the master CAD man, you know, like you can come in and um, the software will help you make things on your MakerBot or any of your other printers. CES highlights how the consumer 3D printing industry has really taken off. In the past five years, it has gone from just one company to an entire dedicated marketplace. Having run one of 3D printing's most recognisable companies for a quarter of a century, it's safe to say Materialize's Fried von Kren is pretty well placed to comment on this burgeoning sector. Fried had some interesting and surprising thoughts on the market as it stands and where he thinks it is headed. Well, Materialize is here at CES. Uh, it's, uh... It's more consumer-oriented product lines, of course, like I materialize, uh, but also with showing the concept that we work with a lot of consumer-oriented companies and that we help them uh, really bringing the advantages of 3D printing in some of their product lines. That's a very positive that 
people more and more see uh, 3D printing. Um, but there is still a long way to go to have a real thorough understanding of the potential, but also the limitations of the 3D printing process. There is a growing amount of users. The focus remains on the accessories. We see also more and more people that start to print some, some spare parts uh, for yeah, some smaller broken things or uh, elements of collections of, for instance, board games that they lost some figures or something like that. So we see an increasing use as a kind of uh, yeah, spare part production. What I'm always looking for is applications that are not just interesting because they are 3D printed, but applications where 3D printing really brings products to a different level. Yeah? And I think we are uh, showing here at CES another example that really touches people's life um, with the new generation of insoles that have been co-created with the company Aras Lab. We specialized in, in scanning the dynamic forces of a person's gait. And by using that information, we have developed a totally new generation of insoles that really have a strong scientific basis and that really take you to the next level of shoe comfort. I think more and more uh, companies and investors are recognizing the importance of the medical device industry and 3D printing in related to medical devices. It's uh, uh, one of those areas where I personally believe that, for instance, in the orthopedic sector, uh, based on my own background, I estimate that up to 80% of the orthopedic devices could be 3D printed in the future. But when I say in the future, I mean not next year, because the product development cycle of the orthopedic industry is really multiple years. So we are talking about 10 to 20 years, uh, at least before major adaptation will be effect. What strikes me once more is that uh, with all of the companies that I see, I see actually more models of printers than uh, useful prints. Uh, and that's still a big challenge of the industry to convert the potential of 3D printing into useful applications. The advantage we have is that we have a large legacy of software development. Uh, we have uh, gradually developed this through the entire history of the 3D printing sector. So, yes, we have to add a lot because the sector is accelerating, but at the same time we call, fall back to our 25 years of experience and source code. A lot of people expect from the 3D printing sector that it will uh, prove more relevance in uh, 2015. Um, the expectations are high, uh, there is a lot we have to develop uh, in order to make the world a better place. And that's all from TCT at CES 2015. For the latest 3D printing news, follow us on Twitter at the TCT Magazine and click the like button on Facebook. 
Don't forget you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel for more of the best bits from CES, including the TCT presented 3D printing conference. I'm your host Laura Griffiths and thank you for listening to the TCT podcast.